but for this episode, are you going to introduce it? I, I could. I mean, well, it's episode seven, right? That's episode seven. We, that's what it's I our did. second time attempting this. Right. Uh, realization time. And the first yeah. time we recorded, you gave a really good intro, and I, I'm excited for you to give a, a good intro. I, yeah. Um. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Twin Peeps, the show where uh, myself, Michael. It's it's Kyle. Hey. And, and Kyle, we, we talk about the show Twin Peeps. Yes. Uh, no, we talk about the show Twin Peaks. We we don't talk about our own show. That's a different show. Not yet. As soon as Not we yet. run out of episodes, then it's just going to kind of Ouroboros itself back on itself. I'm pretty sure that Chris Hardwick has a podcast where he talks about our show. Oh, I know. Talk, it's called Talking About Twins. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I yeah. think we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. We've got... Um, this is a dense episode. Dense episode. A lot of stuff in this episode. Dense episode. Also, a lot of big questions that I'm getting and oh, no yeah. real answers. There's a lot oh, of like mysteries yeah. that are coming up. <laughs> Nothing's being answered. Everything's being posed. Yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of unhappy <laughs> with it right now. Um, no, but like it, it, it makes me want to watch more, which is great. Sure. You just um, don't want it to get into a lost situation. Yeah. Do we have any house cleaning stuff to take care of? Well, there was, um, let's see, there was something that we were debating last week, um, whether yeah. or not James's dad was dead, but I didn't look that up. So, I didn't look it up either. Yeah. Also, uh, it's possible. He's the we'll, Schrodinger's cat of our podcast. It's possible we'll cut that out of last week's episode because we're cutting out a lot of stuff. It was. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's vital. That is vital discussion. Um, that's staying in. Is so. that worth? Is it worth mentioning that like last week's podcast didn't go great? Uh, we can let's let's try to you know let let's try to keep a professional. No, massage no, I about okay. <laughs> I don't want to. It. We had uh, two guests on, and it was I think I think it was difficult having two guests at the same time. They were they were really interesting guys. Oh yeah, and yeah. I think they made us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're charismatic comedy guys. Right. And right. we're goofing around here <laughs> in our parents' houses. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I think I, I think when some improv uh, improvisatory stuff came up, they right. they looked really good and we looked terrible. So we might edit some stuff out. Yeah. yeah we fine. probably will. We yeah. will. I, I can guarantee that something is getting edited. Yeah. Yeah. So... Okay, well. Yeah. Uh, I maybe guess that's... I shouldn't have brought this up. Are you going to edit this out of this episode? <laughs> maybe just sweep it right under the rug. If we're talking right. about house cleaning, getting out of the broom. Okay. Well, I I guess that's it. We should probably get into this episode. Oh, wait. Oh, there's one other thing. Ooh, yeah. I received uh, some emails from Dana. I don't know if you've gotten this. Our producer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she uh, CC'd me on one of them. Yeah. So she, I guess she's been listening to the show. She was understood that we didn't know the name of the podcast network that we're a part of. And right. I mean, we haven't received any checks, yeah. so it's kind of unclear about a lot of things, but she sent an email that just said the podcast network is called dynamics. Women sound off. Yeah. So we're officially a member of that team. It's mm -hmm. great. Yeah. Great to be part of the uh, dynamics family. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's great to be a member. Um, mm -hmm. I'm hoping checks are coming soon. Also, the dynamics it's it's not dynamics, it's dynamics, and it's spelled like Dana. So yeah, D A Y N A M I C S. Yeah, so I'm. Yeah. It might just be Dana. This might just be her. Yeah, I, it was odd going to uh, the website and not really seeing. Any uh, there's no podcast. There's no website. When you type in the, when you type in the website, it just gives you a 404. <laughs> but Dana's face is still there. It's Dana's face and then a 404. Right. Right. Yeah. It, no, it, it was weird that like we weren't even featured because there's yeah. no website there. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess they're having some technical difficulties. I'm sure we'll yeah get some more information from them. And they must then, be uploading our information now. You know. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Getting the RSS feed going. Oh, yeah. 
Anyways, uh, let's get on to the episode. Sure. Let's talk about... Let's do the summary. How about, how about that? That's a good place to start it. Does it rhyme this week, Kyle? Uh, it does not. As oh. promised, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> it was really good, though, last week. Well, thank you. Thank Everyone you. was really impressed. I really liked it. So yeah, I'm going to put... I got some snaps. I'm going to put really 20 awesome. seconds on the clock mm-hmm. and go. Cooper lets down the... Sh- oh, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, okay. Uh, Cooper lets down the shippers and lies to Audrey about his secrets. The TPPD is nursing a bird. Leo lives. James, Maddie, and Donna listen to Laura's last recording. Audrey contacts Black Rose. Nadine's drape runners aren't appreciated by patent attorneys. Josie gives Harry some proof about Catherine and Ben, but that partnership is on shaky ground. Another victim is found. Uh, but only after it lays down some vital evidence. The Bookhouse boys go undercover. Josie's involved with some shady dealings with Ben Horn. Audrey applies for a job. Jacoby gets messed with. Maddie is stalked, and Bobby frames James. Nice. That was only 20 seconds too long. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That, nice. that was a great summary. Yeah. And I think we should just talk about this off the, off the bat. We have our second murder in the show. I know. It's pretty great. Um, you thought there would only be one, but now yeah. there's a second. Second victim. The minor bird? Does it, does <laughs> Waldo. It have a name? Waldo? Yeah. It was uh yeah. First degree bird or if you will. Thanks. Yep. We can cut that out. Pause for applause. Yeah. <laughs> but it was uh yeah, so we had uh this murder. Leo was definitely definitely the person who did it. Right. He yeah, he was the murderer. Um but it looked like that him choosing the murder of the bird. Stopped him from about to murder my favorite character, Bobby. So that was yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, with his one-handed rifling skills, you know. And it definitely seems like that's have. his non-dominant hand. <laughs> he seemed uh, very, very shaky holding it up. I can't remember what his stance was when he was chopping wood a few episodes back. That would have been would have been a good uh, thing to take note of. I'm just pretty sure that you aren't able to use like a, a rifle at long range just with <laughs> one arm. Wasn't well, he? He's balancing it on something, right? Yeah, that's a was, that's a common thing. You use like a bipod to stand it up and use one arm as yeah. like a rifling technique. Anywho, also, uh, as I recall, the last episode ended with James, or I'm sorry, um, Leo being shot probably yeah. in the chest a, a bunch of times. He only gets shot once, then uh, Shelly drops the gun and kind of panics as he's, like, screaming, but you don't see where he gets shot. So um, he just got shot in the arm, bandaged it up, and then he was fine? Yeah, he got shot in the arm. He probably, like, wrapped, like, he probably grabbed some sort of shirt or something, and that's what's wrapped around his arm as he, like, fled out of the house because he knows that there's a gun. Why he didn't grab the gun, I don't know, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I I thought he might have died from that from that last uh, scene. Oh, totally. Um, but he's pretty much fine. Right. He got shot in the arm. Um, but, but I mean, in real life, if you get shot in the arm, that's still a big deal. Oh yeah, he he's probably in a whole mess load of pain, but uh, he ain't dead. Yeah, I don't know. He seems way too okay for getting shot in the arm. <laughs> yeah, oh. but it's Twin Peaks, you know. Yeah. Okay, um, let's get to it with weirdest character. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let you start this off. There's no really weird character, so I'm interested to see who you're going to uh who you're going to say. Yeah, there's no there's no prolonged weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the character that gave me the weirdest vibes this episode uh has to be Leland, Leland Palmer. Um As I recall, he doesn't have any lines in this no, episode. No. But he is Sitting in a blackened uh, living room as Maddie just leaves. Uh, and she's also dyed her hair, right? Uh, I think it's a wig. Okay. Yeah. Well, she walks out of the house looking exactly like his daughter. He doesn't give it a second thought. He's just still crying on, on the couch. Right. He's just sitting uh, destitute on the couch. And then as she walks by his face just comes into the light <laughs> yeah oh god but yeah. i think for my weirdest character this is unusual because he doesn't have like a really weird personality like most of the characters in the show do mm-hmm. but emery baddis emery baddis 
he is the uh, guy who runs the perfume counter. Oh, sure. I, I kind of thought that's who you meant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really cool name. Emery Battis. I like that. Yep. It's pretty badass. Thank All you. Right. We'll edit um, that out as well. Pause so, for applause. Um, uh, but yeah, his whole thing of giving girls a unicorn horn and the fact that he's this contact for a prostitution ring. Mm-hmm. And he he definitely knows <laughs> things that he should be going to the police about. Oh yeah, no, he he's yeah, he knows some stuff and he's also just blatantly turning girls out. Um, exactly. To use well, the part. And he's got his creepy notebook with the hearts his Ugh. heart system in it. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, he's just a great ace guzzball. Yeah. But on on the face though, he he isn't like a he's 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 no Dr. Jacoby. No. No. He appears totally normal. It's the perfect cover, man. Yeah. Jacoby's uh, just being too loud with it. He needs to go quieter. Exactly. Creep game. See, I think I'd have to give it to Emery. He's he's just a grade A creep. It's a solid yeah, solid move. Soliciting women to be in the sex trade. Interesting thing in that Mm -hmm. scene with him today, we meet a woman of color. Wait, did I miss this? The girl who's working at the perfume counter with Audrey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's black. Yeah, yeah. It's we haven't seen a black person yet on the show. That's true. Yep. The they... only other people of color we have is Hawk, right? And Josie. Yes. And I don't like Josie, and I think <laughs> Hawk is too much of a stereotype. Just uh, he's just a stereotype, right? But we now have a character who has lines who's just a character, and yeah. I liked it, and it made me happy. Fun fact, the actor who plays Bob, the all capitals Bob, um, is also Native American. Oh, yeah. Isn't he like, isn't he just like a random guy on the set? He's like a sound engineer or something like that. Could be. That could very well be the case. I I read when I was reading the uh, Wikipedia page for the first episode Mm -hmm. is that he was like a gaffer. He he was doing he was doing something. And. (laughs) Randomly, David Lynch actually got a shot of him in a mirror and was like, oh, that, that was a really creepy shot. Do you want to act in my show? And that's how he got the job. Oh, uh, how is that not surprising? <laughs> God damn. Uh, that's pretty great. Yeah. Um, so that's how Bob became an actor on the show. He, he, he was not an actor before then. Oh, man. Yet he's still, he still has a better job acting than Leo or James. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, I thought uh, Amory Vadis was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there weren't – things weren't super weird in this episode. This No. There was yeah. a lot of plot advancement. Mm-hmm. It was more of a, a dramatic ep as far as – yeah. Yeah. A lot of things I liked in it. You know, there's there's a ton of things I liked. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess we can move on. I guess I guess we'll yeah. finish up the weird stuff with talking about the weirdest scene. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, should I take point on this one? Yeah, well. I'll go or or I'll go first. You, you know, go first. first? Yeah, do it up. Oh man, I didn't. I didn't really have anything in mind. There's <laughs> literally Doctor. The weirdest thing Doctor Jacoby says is that he says aloha when he answers the phone, which is great. <laughs> um, but that's a little one line. Of the night. So I guess for my weirdest scene, and it's not even that weird in the, on the Lynch scale, no. is the scene of Audrey. Uh, trying out to be a prostitute. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty bad. Involves her uh, making a Scarlet Letter reference that does not work. Nope. She really should have picked a a more obscure thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure sex workers are very aware of Scarlet Letter. (laughs) And then she ties the knot with the cherry stem. Mm Mm-hmm. I, it, it still weirds me out when they keep really sexualizing her because she's, she's 18. I know, like, but she's, I, she's a high school girl. I know, and, yeah. and, and in real life, she's in her mid-20s. She's older than me. Right. <laughs> yep. She, she is older than you are now at the time she played the 18-year-old girl. Yeah, but it, it still weirds me out a little bit. No, totally. Yeah, like I was saying last episode, there's like, even though she says that she's 18, there's still a huge difference between like college 18 and high school 18. Yeah. 
and unfortunately she falls on the more weird side of that yeah before we go into yours um it very related to that speaking of tying the cherry stem is the opening scene of this episode right audrey and dale cooper Uh i feel like we need to talk about that yep yep um cooper finally shuts down the flirtation between the two of them but he's platonic. still he's still like flirting. Yeah, he's still like, oh, but you are the, the most amazing woman anyone could ever ask for. But he says what I want and what I need are two different things. I know, meaning, oh, I still want to get with you. That's so inappropriate for him to say. Wildly inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also like his line, I'm an agent of the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then he he friend zones her he's like hey oh, yeah, why don't hardcore. you put on some clothes i'll get us two malts mm-hmm. and we'll talk about all Just your problems the most childish drink you can possibly it's like i'll go grab us some juice boxes all right you and i can just chat yeah uh, so yeah that um what do you think about that scene i guess it's the only way the show could go with it, it yeah it'd be yeah. 100%. I don't think David Lynch would be able to show on ABC. <laughs> no. They've um, let a lot slide, but they have to cut it off somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess they couldn't really go anywhere else, but I think they handled it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, they could have they could have toned down his flirting and his uh in his denial, but, but I the think fact that he turns him her down is still But good. I mean that's just like such a good character work that he's like the kind of guy where you know, he's just a good person. He's gonna he's gonna flirt with her, but he's still he still totally wants to leave with her. He just can't. <laughs> He'd still want to go with this high school girl, but he's got morals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that was a big uh, offshoot. What was the weirdest scene sure. in this episode? Um so as far as I'm concerned, again, like we were saying, there's not a whole lot of prolonged weirdness. Um mm-hmm. kind of the weirdest the weirdest scenes candidates that I have. I've got two of them. Um, one is just any scene with Maddie in the blonde wig. Yeah. Um, that's just, well, oh, that's weird. Um, <laughs> I also, I also made a note that it was very strange that she decided to keep the wig on while she was talking to Jacoby over the phone. See, that's <laughs> why I figured that it was a, a, uh, whatever it's called. Um, she dyed her hair because. Right. She, that would make a lot more sense as far as why she was still blonde when she didn't need to be. But yeah. No, it's a wig. So I don't think it's unreasonable to say that. Yeah. I don't know. I figured it was a, I figured she died it, but I'm guessing in next episode you see her with, uh, uh, as a brunette again, spoiler yeah. alert, right? <laughs> Wait, I am not going to give you that spoiler, man. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, it, in your defense, it's a good wig. It's a solid wig. Um, like, way better of a wig than they ought to have in small town Washington. Um, good wigs are hard to find, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, um, yeah, that scene was really weird. The the whole – she could have just said, like, here's a secret that only you and I know. She could have said that. Right. But instead, she sends him a video of her holding up the newspaper. Yeah. Well, she had to timestamp it. You know, it was, yeah. I understand, but I'm saying in real life, if I wanted to get that information across to someone, I would just say, hey, here's something that only we know. <laughs> but, well, the problem is that she, well, she kind of does. Like, referring to Hey Doc, she mentions a couple of lines from the tapes. But um, I think, like, Jacoby kind of suspected, it could have just been someone who had listened to the tapes. Yeah, and, obviously. I mean, it was. <laughs> It clearly it was so like having the video i think i, I actually kind of like the video I, I like that as a touch to just be like yeah and i also look exactly like her um, why wouldn't she just sh- if she i'm just saying right if, why wouldn't she just ring his doorbell while dropping out the video <laughs> if i was him i would think something was extremely suspicious and not believe it for a second yeah yeah it's i don't know Maybe she just didn't want to risk getting caught. Like, especially if she just rang the doorbell 
and because like James and Don are, are standing outside, you know, they also don't want to risk getting spotted. So That's if you keep point. his attention focused elsewhere, like further out from the house, then he's just focused on getting to the car and getting out of there. Yeah. It seemed like Leland Palmer didn't care though. Um, about the wig? About seeing his daughter. I mean, she looks exactly like her. I, yeah, that was weird. His reaction was strange, which isn't anything surprising, but, uh, I kind of read it as like him just being so out of it that it wasn't that he was like apathetic. He just wasn't clear on what was happening. Yeah. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I have to, (laughs) my other, my backup weirdest scene candidate has to be, um, (laughs) so Leo's listening to the police scanner and (laughs) Lucy mentioned something about Walter the bird and Leo just freaks out yeah. and flies away in his car. <laughs> like, and then oh it takes God, him all day, all day so to get alive. there. Huh? It also takes him all day to get there. I know. I, I mean, he's shot in the arm, but Twin Peaks is still like, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes wide. <laughs> Tops. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take back roads. Uh that was just a great reaction. <laughs> Mentions Waldo. He just, oh, I can't kill this person now. <laughs> this bird's got to go. Yeah. Uh, that was good. Um, I like yeah. I like Leo when he's angry and <laughs> he, like, has stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. When he's focused with rage. He does his his lines about like oh I'm gonna kill that kid when he's <laughs> looking at Bobby through his his scope. Yeah, it, it's not great. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. He's better. It's just like a physical presence. He's yeah. like the mountain in Game of Thrones, right? You just need a big guy, big threatening guy. He doesn't need to act very well. He just needs to kind of like snarl a lot. I feel like you should talk to David Lynch about this. I'm, I'm no expert. <laughs> I try, but man, he's just. He's so standoffish. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Leo, let's talk about Bad or David Lynch. Let's do it. Um, I, I've got two here. Um, I'll go with I'll go with one just in case you pick the other. Um, Okay. My first primary pick is a Laura's recording to Jacoby. Yep. That's that's definitely one of mine. I mean, it's it's just expanding on what the awkwardness that you could only fear was to happen when you listen to the short snippet of it, the previous episode, and it's just expanded, and you realize, oh, God, this is just as painful as you think it would be. And you nailed it right on the head that they were definitely going to Bone Zone together. Yeah. Um, I, I think that a problem with the Bad or David Lynch segment of our show... <laughs> Is that it's always going to go to whichever actor has the most screen time between the guy who plays James, the girl who plays Laura slash Maddie, yeah. and uh, the guy who plays Leo. Whoever gets the most dialogue is going to end up getting that. Yeah. It's also just there's a nice um, confluence between it and the the weirdest yeah. categories, you know? Um but yeah, so springboarding off of off your first one, mine was a tie between that and um for the second time they show um some pictures. Mm-hmm. When they show the pictures of Maddie. Oh, yeah. When they send the pictures to yeah. Dr. Jacoby. Oh my god. Um it's it's so awkward. I don't know I don't know why she, why she's so weird in front of the in front of the camera. But it's it's really awkward. Yep. Um, yeah. I really didn't like it. So. <laughs> no, yeah, there's definitely. Um, well, and I'm kind of surprised that. Uh, did you have any other contenders for this category? It was it was literally everything involving Maddie or Laura. So. <laughs> um, the other thing I, I have down is uh, actually not really an acting thing this time. It's more of a writing thing. And that's uh, Big Ed's interaction with Blackie. See, but that I that was on purpose. Well, yeah, yeah, but it, it's so I I think so is the directorial decisions of David Lynch. 
as far as <laughs> deciding that, yes, that's the take that we want to keep. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the idea that Ed is a terrible liar. <laughs> I, I know that's what we're supposed to get, but it's so overly done. You know? But he's... Yeah, it, yeah, okay. I'll give it. To, I feel bad giving it to, giving it to Ed because he's such a good actor. <laughs> oh yeah, Usually. no, the acting's fine. It's just the writing, man. Yeah, <laughs> like they could have made it. They could have just dialed back the awkwardness, maybe two two ticks. He shouldn't have given dial. up his entire gambit <laughs> in the first thing that he says. Well, uh, my name is Big Ed, and oh, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically what he does. But I do like that he's so, like, cool, and even though he's not charming, that he still charms the pants off that lady. He's oh, yeah, like, he, he pulls it back out. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a terrible uh, euphemism or something about, like, she says, well, my car needs a root canal, or I don't See, know. See, that was, that was a, I did like her response. That was, uh, that was nice and catty. As you'd expect Blackie to do. If I was her, though, I would have said, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm really bummed that Ed's, Ed's a member of the Bookhouse Boys. Yeah. He's yeah. A, an official member. He should be a little bit better at going undercover. <laughs> he was also the guy who went undercover at the Roadhouse. So imagine yeah. that that's the type of undercover work that they did. It's kind of no wonder that they let uh, the Renault brother get away. Yeah. Actually, can I talk about the the leading up to that scene where I believe they're, you know, they're scheduling the trip to the casino. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, let's get the bookhouse boys on this. <laughs> And I, I just – I don't know why I like the concept of the Bookhouse Boys so much, yeah. but it makes me so happy. Oh, no. Yeah, it, it's great. Um, it's kind of like a fraternal order that mm-hmm. helps out around the town when they need to go outside of the law a bit. It's a little strange that the sheriff is a part of this fraternal order that needs to operate outside of the law when necessary. But, uh, and not, now it's being funded with the uh, <laughs> FBI with, money. With ten grand in FBI money. <laughs> How cool is it that, <laughs> of course, um, Dale Cooper is amazing at blackjack and doesn't understand how Ed loses money? <laughs> well, as he's doling out the 10K, he's like, I'd like to, whenever I gamble with the Bureau's money, I always like to come back with a 10 to 15% return. <laughs> and they're just like, what? That's what so are cool. You talking about? He's, he's literally a moneymaker for the FBI. Yeah. Uh, um,. Yeah, I, I I think we can talk about that more. But I guess um I just wanted to go back to um there was one of the Maddie shots, which is when James sees Maddie and yeah. goes up to her as if she's Laura. Mm-hmm. And it's just really weird. Oh, and it's, it's totally not weird. weird, it's just bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, man. <laughs> it seems so like foggy, like they're they're like it's trying to be romantic or something. I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> I was then on board. Donna shows up. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. I know. His his new girlfriend comes in and ruins it. Yeah, God. Um, yeah. Um, I guess we should uh head over to uh worst police work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um you want to take mean, this one? I think I feel like it's pretty it's pretty obvious. <laughs> what the fact that they're using a bird as a major key witness. They're in tape this recording a minor bird. <laughs> To find out who killed Laura Palmer. <laughs> so okay, let's hold on. But there's a but there's actually a lot of in, interesting information here. We know sure. that this minor bird was what uh, bit up Laura Palmer's neck. Yep. So it was there at some you know at some point. Right. It was. This it, is this is Jacques' bird, correct? Yes. Well, okay. Judging by the. Um, what it does say when it finally speaks. Um, yeah, I've got it's, the... It's clearly on at the scene, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so... Wait, so whose who's voice was that? In the recording? Like, but who... Okay. Oh, who, who, like, who is he quoting? No, no, no. For the actual... In, in the show... Right, a person voiced the minor bird. That that isn't the minor bird actually talking. <laughs> um, so I, I was wondering who provided the voice for that. Oh, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> okay, it could be anyone. 
Yeah. What I if it I, is I, actually the minor bird? You know? I thought it kind of sounded like Audrey, but what if it was the minor bird? Okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so the uh, the big quote I got of that was Leo, no. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's definitely the dun dun dun. So oh, dun, Leo's dun, dun. there. He probably sure. killed Laura, but I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, blood on the shirt is Jacques. Yeah. So a bunch of people were there. Yeah. Yep. There were well, as uh, as the doctor Doctor Hayward mentioned, um, what there are at least three men present. Yes. At the murder. Um, Can we talk a little bit about why Doctor Hayward is very involved in this uh, uh, sheriff's department because he's there helping out the bird, which seems very unnecessary for a family doctor to do. Right, for a human physician to really read up on birds. And in the previous episode, he was out there at Log Lady's cabin. Yeah. Why was he there? Um, well, they were. Uh, the final destination was going to be the cabin, um, the cabin with the cuckoo clocks and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he was just there for like forensics or what passed for forensics in the 90s. I, um, I guess. What forensics is he going to do? There's no. I don't know. He's isn't he like a family doctor? He works at a hospital. Yeah, I I don't think he's just like a pediatrician or something like that. Um, like I think he's more general than that. Like he treats adult patients and all that and what. He's a, uh, yeah. Well, I, it's family medicine. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So you don't really know. He's just <laughs> no, there. God, I'm just speculating. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. So oh, yeah, let's not totally. hold it against him. Yes. Um. Well, and as as the show is no doubt proven, um, I think David Lynch and Mark Frost's grasp of the workings of a police department might be a little tenuous sometimes, but it's fine. You don't hold it against it. Yeah. Um, Anything else for worse police work? I there's good police work. They found uh, they confirmed that the poker chip in the poker chip sliver inside mm-hmm. Laura's stomach. Right. Matches the poker chip in Jacques' cabin. Yes, it was Jacques' yeah. cabin, right? Um, did they confirm that it was Jacques' cabin in this app? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. The cabin um, with the red drapes. Yeah, exactly. The 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 one cabin from last episode. I can't uh, figure out how a poker chip slip. First of all, how you break a poker chip and then mm. it gets in someone's stomach. Right. Well. She probably ingested it at some point. That's a good good assumption. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, no. And uh, speaking of good police work, we also have to give them credit because even the bad police work, as you like per usual, pays off. Pays off in spades. Um, whether it be throwing a rockets and bottles or relying on a minor bird for uh. An eyewitness testimony. Yeah. It gets results. It works. Yeah. Can't blame them. Well, on that note, Kyle, I think we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back soon with more Twin Peeps. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody. This is is an ad. We uh, Dana sent us an ad that we've got this week. So Mm -hmm. let's uh, read this copy here. While you're soothing your soul to the sound of a... Dynamic. Oh, shit. Okay, we're editing this out, right? Yeah, just okay. keep going. While you're soothing your soul to the sounds of a Dynamics Women's Sound Off podcast, why not also soothe your womb with a warm cup of Moonbeam Herbal Tea for women's wombs and reproductive organs? Feel the warmth spread throughout your lower abdomen as your uterus is healed from inside out and as your ovaries finally find peace. A special combination of herbs forged from within Detroit city limits makes this tea one of a kind a one-of-a-kind addition to your reproductive organ care regimen. Mm-hmm. Moonbeam Herbal Tea for Women's Wombs and Reproductive Organs is a proud sponsor of all D- Dynamics Women's Sound Off podcasts, including Twin Peeps, Twin Peeps, and Twin Ovaries. Have a cup of Moonbeam Tea. Go to moonbeamtea.com slash show for 10 free bags. Do you think, I think this episode, this, I think this ad is really not going to hit our target demo. Yeah. Um, of women who have recently given birth. Um, yeah very strange so. um but i'm sure that this is you know it's a one-off thing you know sometimes you get people like uh 
I don't know, like HostGator. How many people are hosting websites? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll get a, I don't know, maybe something a little more. I don't know. Okay. Well, back to the show. Yeah. Okay. That was, that was okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, back from the break. It's kind of new for us, but um, yeah. Yeah. We're in. Okay, cool. Um, so I think that gets us to. Oh, wait. We're back from the break now? Well, yeah. Okay, I'm happy you introduced us back to the break. Oh, no, I thought I thought you were all right. Anyway, um, well, like we need to do music in between the break. So we did music between the break and the and this, right? I well, yeah. You just put that in and post. Or okay, I'll cool. put that in and post. Great. Okay. Unless cool. you want to do it. Yeah. All right. Um, wh- where do we go next? We uh, just did worst. Just wrapped work. up worst police. Yep. Um, oh, Kyle. Well, usually mm-hmm. I I handle the uh, mystery bit for the week, but yeah, this week Kyle, uh, yeah. I, I'll hand the microphone. I'll hand the good microphone off to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. So this week's mystery bit, um, I was kind of inspired by Mike's recent run of conversations with David Lynch, um, which I always found surprising because he doesn't ever really seemed to enjoy them yet he still keeps doing it and i thought you know why not reach out to try to reach out to some of the other twin peeps or twin peaks sorry cast members um and sort of get their thoughts on the process we've been hearing a lot from the big man in the big chair as it were let's kind of get some responses from the actors themselves so this is actually a pre-recorded interview i had with james marshall the actor who plays james hurley um, and now I know that we historically haven't been the, the biggest fans of his stint on the show, but, uh, You've complained about him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I tried not to let that come up in the interview, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was fine enough. Um, I'm ex- I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. Uh, so with that, let's go to the interview. Cool. Uh, Mr. Marshall. Mr. Marshall, it's Kyle. Huh? Uh, this is Kyle with um, the Twin Peeps podcast, a uh, podcast about Twin Peaks. Oh, the radio show. Yeah, yeah, the radio show. Um, thank you so much for uh, talking with me today. Um, you know, we just kind of had a bit of a scheduling snafu, and I'm glad we finally were able to sit down over the phone, you know? Yeah, I'm worried. I've been waiting for David to call me to, you know, in case there's another Twin Peaks television show. So I'm pretty worried that I'm tying up the line right now. So I hope this doesn't work against me and they recast, you know, if he calls and I don't answer. Oh, I, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's not going to happen. I mean, it's already, what, five o'clock in the evening? Um it's he's done for the day you know um yeah but uh yeah just don't worry about um yeah uh so i guess first i gotta ask you um you know we've been we've actually been talking with david quite a lot recently sort of getting his opinions on what's been going on you you talked with david did he talk about the new twin peaks show is he gonna hire me again you know, actually, he hasn't spoke about it much. He really doesn't like Showtime. Um, really doesn't like Showtime. Really loves Game of Thrones. So okay. I'm not really sure where, where his head's at with that. And that might also be why you haven't heard from him yet. You know, he might just be too focused on his Game of Thrones-centric things. Huh? It, don't worry about it. Um but yeah, so obviously this is Twin Peeps. This is a Twin Peaks podcast. Uh, we are going through and watching all the episodes of Twin Peaks, and I just got to say that uh, both myself and my co-host Mike really love your work on that show. Thank you. It's great. They ask me to say words, and then I have to memorize them, which is a whole process. But yeah, um, you, eventually, was... I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I was just going to ask, um, would you perhaps give us sort of a, 
inside the actor's studio, if you will, and an insight into that process that you speak of? Well, I'm, they give me, uh, uh, it's on paper, and it has a bunch of words on it. I have to memorize it, and then when the person in front of me is done talking, I say the words that I memorized. Wow, okay, yeah. Um, I can definitely... I can definitely see that, you know. I can I can see that uh, that work come out in your performance. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I say a word wrong, so David makes me do it again. Oh, oh! So there were. Uh, was he known to do a lot of takes? Uh, I, I try to do it the same every time. So. Okay, but it, like, what if he what if he asked you to change it one time? I mean, I can change with the words that I say. I don't, I don't know what else I could change. Hmm. Hmm. It's a yeah. Um, what well, like? Do you have any uh, sort of thoughts on your like experiences on the set? You know, it, it, it's definitely a, a seminal show, kind of a hallmark of American television, and uh, you know, just happening to be a, a part of that. Um, I stories. have. I have yet to actually watch it. I'm. Uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, television, uh, mm. outside of uh, my soaps that I watch. Well, uh, you know, a lot of people would actually compare Twin Peaks to something of a soap opera, um, even though it wasn't on during the daytime. Oh, maybe I should. Wa- I usually didn't watch television after five p.m. Oh, okay. Well, now, now that it's on Netflix, you can watch it anytime you want. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll ask my wife to order the DVDs. Okay, great. And, and so that was, uh, that was the conversation I had with uh, James Marshall. Um, yeah, it's, pretty... it's, it's, it's weird to hear someone open up about the acting process. I, I didn't, you know, there's, there's so many facets to it. Yeah, no, um, I mean, uh, spoilers for, not spoilers, but uh, to be candid for the listeners, neither Mike or I are actors ourselves. Um, so in all fairness, all of our critiques have sort of been armchair acting coaches, if you will. I, uh, I wouldn't, uh, critiques, I, I wouldn't say we've had critiques. We've had, you know, objective truths that we're just stating about what we're watching. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, think that's a fair I think that's a fair way to put it. <laughs> No, totally. Um, yeah, but uh, hopefully that's not the last we hear of James Marshall. Um, hopefully by the next time we see him, he'll have uh, gotten in a few eps of Twin yeah. Peaks. Yeah. I, he's, um, oh, it, oh, it'd be great to talk to him because <laughs> it seemed like he didn't know anything about the show. No, yeah. Um, or, yeah, really nothing. Yeah, so I'm hoping that his uh, his wife can, you know, get the... Uh, um, maybe teach him how to use like the, the online Netflix because that could make things a lot easier than have to, having to order the DVDs one by one. Yeah, especially, I mean, especially if he only has like the one DVD plan. Like hopefully he has a multi-DVD plan going, you know? I I don't even think that they have the DVD plans anymore. So really? Yeah, he might just be spending money <laughs> and waiting yeah. for DVDs to come. Oh, man. That's grim. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, Kyle, thanks for yeah. uh, thanks for bringing that segment on. That was uh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, um, I'll try to be a little less chatty the next time. Really let the guest speak for himself. But uh, yeah, we should. Uh, it was it was good hear hearing you yeah. talk because I feel like usually I talk a lot and then you you have to listen to me. So that's ah, fine. It's okay, fine. sure, sure. Yeah, but uh, so what are we at? Favorite character? <laughs> yeah, are you hosting the show now? Fuck it. <laughs> Do it. All right, Mike, favorite character, go. Oh, I love this. Okay, um, you forgot the question, which is, is Dale Cooper your favorite episode? Oh, uh, your favorite character See, this episode? is why I shouldn't host this. Yeah. Um, no, no, you're doing great. Uh, Dale Cooper, totally my favorite character in this episode. He's up there, man. <laughs> he wears a tuxedo. He he has that great talk with Audrey. He's working on the minor bird. Mm-hmm. He's making money for the FBI in a casino. 
That's just so great. I don't think it's specified that he counts cards, but I really hope that he counts cards. <laughs> well, his uh, what is his uh, his strategy? He talks to Ed, and he's like, uh, "You you can't count to ten, Ed, or something like that." Or like, yeah. if you can count to ten, you can play blackjack, something like that. Yeah, he's so cool. Ah, oh, man. Um, yeah, and God, he has the. Um, Let's see. What did I have? Uh, isn't there the conversation where Cooper... Yeah, in uh, the R&R, Cooper and um, Harry S. Truman are kind of looking around. They bump into Norma's husband, um, Dean. That was a really weird scene. Oh, super weird, but... Because nothing's really accomplished in it. No. Yeah, it's just kind of like treading water. In a weird way. It gives us no more information other than Hank is kind of weird. Uh, Hank. That's right. Yeah, Hank. Um, where am I getting the word Dean from? Anyway. Is his name uh, Dean? No, it's Hank. It's definitely Hank. Um, are you thinking of, are you, have you been watching Gilmore Girls? Maybe. <laughs> that's that's probably it. Um, Luke and Lorelai. Uh, no, but um, <laughs> when, Hank, or, uh, when Harry complains to coop that they need to get moving coop's like just has this very zen chat with harry oh. just telling him to appreciate the finer things and you know take a pre take life's presents when they're presented to you yeah at least one present per day mm -hmm. i like that so much it's so david lidge yep um, and vicariously it's so dale cooper <laughs> yeah i I really, really like that scene, and it's like totally. a nice thing that I took for my own life. Like that's yeah. a, that's a really good idea. Yeah, Twin Peaks is all about imparting lessons on its viewers, you know. Yeah. And there, yeah. there, I guess now I think about it, there's kind of a theme of presence in this episode. There's the present of uh, the unicorn horn, mm -hmm. and there's this. So there's two two things. Oh, there's also the present of cocaine in. Uh, uh, James's gas tank. Was that cocaine? That's cocaine. I couldn't so, tell what that was. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Um, they probably could have done a better job of showing it to the viewer, but um, yeah, it's a little baggie of coke. See, I kind of thought he was gonna pour sugar in there because I know that destroys a an engine. Right. That's a thing. Yeah. So, um, I no, I think it's... that I think I wasn't supposed to know that was cocaine. I think I think you spoiled uh, it for me. Ah. Uh... I mean, it I seems it seems reasonable that it would be cocaine. That that it's gonna it's gonna come up very quick if you it. Yeah, I. It's I hard to tell it, if they want you to know that or not. I assumed it was something because what line does he say? Say goodbye, James. I thought yeah. it was like when he said that. I was like, ooh, is that like, is that like an explosive in there? <laughs> it's a plastic explosive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did he put gasoline in there? <laughs> yeah, he's just helping a brother out. No, no, you <laughs> put gasoline in it so it would explode. <laughs> it's a gas tank. That's not a good strategy, right? If you want someone's car to explode, you put gas in, in the gas you tank. Put gas in the gas. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a slightly different diesel. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's a yeah, few things of people giving and taking presents. Right. Um. Oh, and, and including a Dale giving Ed. Like what was it, three hundred dollars? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, to just gamble with. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, presents. But yeah, I I really like that scene. It was it was a nice, cool little <laughs> message. I liked it. Yeah, totally. It's it's just one of those character building scenes that just does not do anything with the plot. But that's okay. Yeah, I think they could have done show. it in a better way than going to the. It's it's called the R and R Diner, right? Yeah. I, just the thing with Hank there, and Hank was talking to, um, what's the girl's name? Nadine? No. Norma. Norma. Is, is Norma the young one? The one oh no, uh, Shelley. Shelley. He's talking to Shelley, and he's talking really weird about being in prison, yeah. and it kind of sounds like he's being threatening, but yeah. then they're cute about it. Right. It, it's it's such a strange scene. It's it sounded threatening though when he started when he was talking at first. Yeah, honestly, I think like I feel like the only reason why that scene is there, like the, why they set that scene there, is to just introduce Hank earlier, so that when it's like, so that when he shows up with Josie, that's not like the only thing he has to do that episode. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't think that guy's doing too much. I don't think 
I, I, no, not right now. He might be a good actor, but it seems like he's he hasn't done too much. Yeah, it's it's also not like the he's no Bobby as far as a character goes. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have that much depth. He's just kind of a shady guy. Yeah. Anyways, so we're really off topic. Um, That's fine. Favorite character. We're talking for the about favorite characters. Favorite character is your favorite character Dale as well. Uh, he's he's definitely up there. Definitely up there. Um, if not Coop, um, since we can't pick the same characters, um, I'd probably it's probably a tie in second place with either Ed or Audrey. Okay. Um, but I picked Audrey last week, and I feel like I probably shouldn't do it this week. Um, I I still just love her spunk, though. She just gets things done. Oh, she's great when she's when she's hiding in the office smoking a cigarette. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and it's really clever how she gets her way in. She's like she's she steals the horn and then says, "Hey, I lost the number." Oh, totally. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's just well done. It's she's so great. well done. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to go with Ed. Ed is just like his lovable dofy self in yeah. this episode. And I always like seeing Ed, especially when Garland Briggs isn't in an episode. Um, Absolutely. Gotta go with Ed. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think we already talked literally about everything Ed's done. Oh, I don't think we mentioned <laughs> the fake mustache, though, and the wig. Oh. <laughs> the wig looks very similar to his regular hair, though. Yeah. It's not really disguising much. Yeah. <laughs> if anything at all. Yeah. The mustache would have been sufficient. It's also weird that they're supposed to be like business partners, I think, in dentistry. And Ed's wearing what he normally wears just with a mustache and a wig. And Coop wears like a full tuxedo. <laughs> full on tux. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no, their they're, uh, sting operation really should not. It's not a sting. It's reconnaissance. It shouldn't have gone as well as it did. Yeah. It's uh, it's weird that it worked, and also because Jacques knows Ed, right? Uh Bernard knows Ed because because Ed like like covers his face and walks away from the table when Jacques comes. Uh, oh, sits down. I I I missed that actually. Uh, yeah, because he's saying like no, uh, it. Um, I'm sorry, Dale says like no, Ed, you should play poker with me, right. and then. He's he's like we're you know talking a little bit about that and the second Jacques comes he just turns around and and walks away. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so he must he must know Jacques as uh, some way somehow. Um, that could also be more towards <laughs> just really cementing Ed's uh, discomfort with this kind of work. Yeah, yeah. Um. um for my favorite character, I can't give it to Ed. Ed didn't have enough. To, I wasn't really into Ed, but I, I really like Oh, Dale. so you're getting a backup after Coop? Yeah, I'm going to say after Coop and then Audrey, because mm-hmm. I mean, we already talked a lot about them. Um, yeah. Pete had a really good line in this episode. <laughs> <Talk about. laughs> yeah. Sizes and everything. That's a, <laughs> that's a nice little story about, you know, he sent in his fish to get taxidermied, and they <laughs> obviously gave him a completely different fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, who would I give? Um, what's the lady who runs the brothel again? Blackie. Blackie. Mm-hmm. But what's her, like, f- the, the full, t- the black, it's black something, black widow or something? Uh, black rose. Black rose. Um. Also, can we talk about how, uh, if you were, <laughs> if someone were to talk to a high school girl and say, call this number, ask for black rose, like every red flag should be just flying up in that girl's mind, right? I mean, I That's thought it was super weird. I thought it was already implied that it was they that it was probably going to be leading to like having sex with dudes. Doesn't he say? Hold on, he calls it a hospitality girl. Yeah, it's. I mean, for the viewer, like even not knowing, even if we didn't know one hundred percent thing, one hundred percent about um, about one eye jacks as a viewer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that we could definitely surmise it, but I'm not sure if it's something that we're expected the character to know. Yeah. Which kind of makes it even more nefarious of like, yeah, you're going to get hired to do this thing. You're not quite aware what it is. You kind of think it's kind of like a sugar daddy situation where it's just like rich men buying you things. Oh, but you're going to have to put out because you're actually a prostitute. Yeah. 
I don't know. Maybe this is like a good stepping stone for a girl moving out of Twin Peaks. <laughs> like, I've never heard anyone talk. I've never heard James or Audrey or anyone talk about college. That's never been on the table. <laughs> right? No one has aspirations outside of this town. Like, they talk about the tri the tri county. Is that? Yeah, what something they call like it? that. That's like the biggest, the biggest, <laughs> like, goal is like, ooh, that we're gonna be dentists from the Tri County. <laughs> and I know we're Midwest guys, but I have no idea what that means. <laughs> well, uh, Tri County is just like a, it's an area of three counties. You usually start lopping, you rope in counties together when each county is like sparsely populated. So yeah. then the Tri County area kind of comprises a larger population base i understand what you're saying i just right. i'm not impressed <laughs> like i it, or, anyways they maybe this is a good way for the kids to make some money so they can move out of twin peaks which doesn't seem like a really healthy like it doesn't have a great economy i i think you're really picking the wrong battle here <laughs> okay okay <laughs> maybe uh-huh. Uh, Anyways, but uh, yeah. Black Rose, I like her. She seems uh, she's 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 interesting. Yeah. I want to find more out about her. Kind of similar to Audrey's character in that she's like a sort of super competent female character who is no nonsense. Get which gets what she wants. Yeah, you know she's uh, she's a small business owner. <laughs> sure, entrepreneur. She's an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and she's. But it's not a small American business. We have to remember small Canadian business. Okay. Well, yeah. she sees something in Audrey, and she immediately knows she's smart. She immediately knows that Audrey's lying from like five different things that Audrey said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I bet you could suck a mean dick. Maybe yep. I should change my. Maybe I should change <laughs> she my. She knows mind. good tongue technique when she sees it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I liked. Uh, I, I thought she was interesting. I hope yeah. we see more from her. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Um, should we get into the favorite scene? Oh, you dude, think? you're you're totally hosting this now. I love it. Uh, I'm I'm dabbling. I'm dabbling. Yeah, Kyle, what was your favorite scene? Thank you. Um, so we already talked about Coop and the coffee, the present day speech. That was that was pretty high up there. I um, think that's my I think that's my favorite. But I have backups. But that's that made me happy listening to it it's like yeah it's just so heartwarming <laughs> yeah and i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna have my cup of coffee today i don't yeah. drink coffee but i'm gonna i'm gonna do something equivalent it's also ridiculous that a cup of black coffee no cream no sugar that's what he considers the treat <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's nothing actually decadent and he also <laughs> drinks coffee all, all the time know, he drinks coffee all the time <laughs> uh i um there's that that's good um i I also just really like the scene it's it's kind of kitschy um but i really like the scene with audrey at the perfume counter and oh being very rude to a lady just being very rude but then also including the scene where she performs that sort of master subterfuge of the uh on the um other perspective one-eyed jacks girl you know Mm -hmm. it's good it's good stuff yeah, I think my favorite after um, the um, one about the uh, the present for yourself mm-hmm. was Audrey just breaking into the office. She's smoking a cigarette. She's just getting shit done. I, I, yeah. I, I really like it. Yeah, definitely. There's Okay, so there's a huge thing before we head out that we need to talk about. Oh, yeah? Um, which or we don't need to because I don't really care. Um <laughs> They're really but selling this, it. All the stuff with Josie and there's life insurance <laughs> that's on the table. And no one cares. I know. I it's it seems really, really confusing. Can this life insurance uh, thing really doesn't make any sense to me. Because it seems from the conversation that this guy is giving in getting life insurance to Catherine Martell to be paid out to Josie Packard. Is that correct? Is it paid out to Josie? I'm not sure if they. I think yeah, it, it, I think, name I think is you're right on there somewhere. I think you're right. Yeah. I don't, um. Why? Why? And then it sounds like Catherine Martell was being informed about it for the first time. Right. So I don't. 
Well, yeah, and so what what that is is um, is that people conspiring against Catherine Martell? Yeah, um, that's and that's what's implied by the phone conversation between Josie and Ben, and when Hank shows up, it's kind of revealed that Ben's kind of double crossing Catherine with Josie. Okay, um, so the plan is they want the pl- to kill <laughs> Catherine for insurance money. Uh the plan's not explicit yet. Okay. Um, so we're going to find out the, more. But this plan right. is really confusing. And I oh, don't totally. care that much. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> it's so uninteresting, man. It's, so, it's just the worst plot line of the show. But it involves so many characters. It's and just the worst. It's, I, I wish it was... I don't know why I'm so not interested in it. Because <laughs> really confu- it's really confusing. The, I think it's because I, the, I don't really care about the stakes. Like, we don't... Yeah. It's not like Josie's relying on this mill to make, you know, to make it. She doesn't really know the industry that much anyways. Right. It, it's just a mill that she inherited from her dead husband. Yeah. It doesn't seem like anyone in the town really needs a bunch of money other than Bobby <laughs> because Leo is going to uh, get after him. But that hasn't right. been spoken of since then. <laughs> right. So uh, I don't I don't I don't know why this is <laughs> like. Does Josie need money? Does Benjamin Horn need money? No, I think they just want money. Okay, so they just want it. Yeah. I don't know. Usually there's like a storytelling idea where you try to, you know, make a character. like (laughs) Even try to imbue a situation with stakes. Yeah, it's not just like (laughs) in Ocean's Eleven, they're not robbing a casino because... They just just want the money. Yeah, I really want to do this. That's why I'm doing it. That's that's (laughs) really bad character work. I just want to buy nicer things. Isn't that sufficient character motivation? Yeah, I would like more money, please. (laughs) Is Uh, that it? Did I just did I just find out why the why I don't care? Maybe. Yeah. It well, it certainly doesn't help that it is just so confusing. It's so convoluted and they do not explain Jack. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Okay. So, so we don't really need to talk more about that. No. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I need to talk about. I do want to make one mention. Um, sure. Lest I forget it. Um, so remember when the Bookhouse boys took in Bernard Renault? And we're questioning him. And you remember that just thick maple syrupy French Canadian accent that he had? Yeah. Uh, Did did you remember hearing uh, Jacques Renault speak? No. (laughs) He's dealing cards at the blackjack table and Coop mentions, your name's Jacques, huh? And that's when, you know, uh, yeah, that's when Big Ed is like, goes away from the table. Yeah. Uh, no accent. What does he even say though? Does he say yes? My name is Jacques, or yeah, something very small, but it it it's clearly absent of French Canadian accent. Okay. So you're you were hoping for more souris out of that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. So if you were if you were acting there, you would have just been like, oh, I'd oh been like, yeah, poutine, Canadian poutine. Uh, yeah, for caps, I don't poutine, know. smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Okay, great. And Vive reading a, Quebec. And reading a Scott Pilgrim graphic novel. Right, in French. In, in French. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of, I feel like there's, oh, can we talk about the scene of Ben and Jerry hanging out, trying to seal the deal, <laughs> eating ice cream? <laughs> Do you think it's on purpose that Ben and Jerry are both eating ice cream? <laughs> I hope it's not. Because I Ben really and Jerry's ice cream not. definitely existed before this. Yep. <laughs> Do you I, think that there is a Ben and Jerry's Twin Peaks uh, themed ice cream? Oh, man. Are you looking it up right now? I'm looking it up right now. Please. Please do. Um, I do. No, I don't. But I see the an article which says um, ice creams. Oh, wait. Hold on. Is this totally different? I definitely had... Please tell me it's not in partnership with the Las Vegas restaurant. Um, I don't, I don't get what's happening because the headline <laughs> of the article is Twin Peaks threatens ice cream giant Ben and Jerry's with copycat flavors. What? 
But then the subheadline is ice cream startup that ripped off Ben and Jerry's isn't worried about being sued. What? (laughs) Oh man, did I just take us down a a really dumb? (laughs) We gotta, we gotta get out of here. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) Okay, wait, hold on. There is an answers.com question, (laughs) which is just: Are Ben and Jerry Horn in Twin Peaks named after the ice cream? And the answer is just no. No, no follow-up. The answer is just no. No period. There's not even a period. Not even worth putting down the period. So it's open-ended. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, All right. (laughs) Should we edit that out? That was terrible. (laughs) No, we're leaving it in. Great. Okay. Well, um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, uh, Peep on twinning. Peep on twinning. Uh, We're going to end this episode. next peep. What? If you will. Twindy next peep. Okay. Uh, we're going to end this episode with uh, a phone conversation of David Lynch saying what present he had for himself today. Well, today I decided to treat myself to the entire discography of my very good friend, Moby. All right. Bye. <laughs> so dumb. That was great. <laughs>